May 18th, 1860, Abraham Lincoln wins the Republican presidential nomination and later becomes president of the United States. Republicans still celebrate this, much as Pap still brags about winning a blue ribbon once in 1893. <laughs> Welcome to The Revisionists. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And I'm so excited to have our guest on uh, this afternoon. Uh, actor, comedian, making his revisionist debut. Please welcome Danny Ramos, everyone. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for being here. Um, Zach, thank you also yeah, joining us sure. for the earliest recording we've ever done. Possibly, yeah. I uh, I didn't look through my, my journals, my, my time <laughs> logs. <laughs> yeah, you didn't fucking consult the scrolls. Yeah. For our, uh, you know, see if we had a nice brunch recording at some point in the past, or like, <laughs> Ooh, that'd be nice. Due to religious observances, we had to do yeah, it before like the sun began to set. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like Brian well, and I can't be in the same room once the sun is set due to our religion, which is not liking each other very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, otherwise known as Irish Catholicism. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We we like each other fine, listeners. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sensing some tension here. <laughs> Let's just say I moved away for a reason. <laughs> uh, and that reason, you'll find out in the bonus episodes. Um, I couldn't think of a good thing. It's, the, it's yeah. the middle of the fucking afternoon. This is why we don't do them in the fucking afternoon. Subscribe to Patreon to figure out why I moved away. It's boring? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It w- yeah, it's not like the fucking White Walkers or whatever Game of Thrones shit is popular right or now. Or whatever. What do, you, do you not watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> I do. I, I do watch Game of Thrones. Okay, well, I was about to walk out. It's not, it's, not like, it's not like some Detective Pikachu shit that's like blowing up <laughs> yeah. right now. You know what? To figure out why I moved to Chicago, tune into Detective Pikachu. <laughs> that's the central mystery of the movie. <laughs> and of course, uh, listen to our new Detective Pikachu podcast. Uh, called Pikachu Detectives. Um, I, yeah. I could have done better with that. Um, but we don't need to workshop that right now. Um, if you're new to the show, uh, what we do each episode is we take a topic from history. One person presents the official, uh, the man-sanctioned version of events. And another person comes up with a uh, freaky-deaky, off-the-wall uh, alternate history. Yep. And, and the winner gets to become the truth. Um, if you tuned in last time, our episode on Mary Meacham, uh, thank you to Priscilla Spangler for that. Uh, mm-hmm. The listener vote is in, and I can tell you that the alternate history that I wrote that I don't remember writing <laughs> won. You remember uh, no details about it? I remember she is became like a vengeance ghost uh, at the end of it, uh, yeah. who was sort of a spirit uh, throughout American history and African-American history. Um, I feel like a couple of our alternates for this segment have ended with like the person becoming the spirit of something relating to like uh, aspiration or vengeance of like downtrodden people. And specifically because of the nature of this segment, uh, African-American people. And now I'm hoping that's not like some racist trope I don't know about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It probably is somewhere. Um, yeah, because the internet is a horrible place. Yeah. Um, well, uh... Or the world in general of fiction and 
Yeah, true. Uh, let's just go on the record right now. We weren't aware of that trope hey. at the time of that writing. Bagger Vance existed before the internet was at least popular, so... <laughs> That's your go-to for it. Bagger well, Vance. I've the never magical seen it. Negro stereotype? Yeah, I think Bagger Vance kind of typifies it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's um, a couple Stephen King characters that really exemplify it in there too. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> old old Stevie K. Um, he's great on Twitter. Problematic in the sheets. Well, uh, particularly in the '80s when a times were different and b he was doing so so much cocaine just all the, the time. Most coke, yeah, yeah. I think he said he doesn't even remember writing half of the books he wrote. No, he says he yeah. doesn't remember Cujo. Cujo, yeah. <laughs> watch Maximum Overdrive, which he directed and wrote. And just watch a, a cocaine binge on film in which no cocaine is featured. <laughs> it could have only been worse if then Carrie Fisher had starred. <laughs> I mean, I would love to have the ability to not remember writing Sleepwalkers. That would be, like, sort of the greatest gift cocaine could give you. Well, the culture at large doesn't remember sleepwalkers, so... (laughs) It's true. It exists in niche pockets of my heart. But uh, today, we're talking about uh, Powhatan Beatty. Beatty? I did not look up how to pronounce that last name. Zach, you are doing the true story. And, Danny, you're doing the alternate. Yes, I am. All right, so... Hey there, this is Brian reminding you that The Revisionist is supported by listeners just like you. You can make a pledge and get rewards like shirts and even the right to vote over at patreon.com slash therevisionists. Okay, Powhatan Beatty, or Beatty, I don't know if he follows the Ned pronunciation or the Warren, do they do it the same? I think they might. Um, Ned, yeah, no, they both do Beatty. Okay. But uh, regardless, Beatty or Beatty, I'm going to go with whichever one I naturally say going forward. (laughs) Dealer's choice. Yeah. Beatty equals Beatty going forward. Um, Was born October 8th, 1837 in Virginia. As with almost every figure that we have covered in this section, he was born into slavery. Um, At the age of 12... He moved to Cincinnati. That was 1849. He got his education there. And unlike a lot of the people we've covered, the means in which he received his freedom is super unclear. Um, So he was freed sometime before April 19th, 1861. But it could have been as early as 1849 when he moved to Ohio or even a little before that. Um, So that's like a 12 year window basically yeah 12 or 13 year gap where like any time in that period he could have been freed possibly the only reason reason he moved to ohio is he was freed maybe the only reason he received his education is or maybe uh he was he happened to be moved to ohio as a slave and there gained his freedom in some capacity mm-hmm. and maybe even was educated as a slave it is unclear Records are bad for black people in this time period. As we have discussed. Also, this is a time period when people willingly moved to Ohio, uh, which is, I think, different from today. (laughs) So, um, while he was getting his education in school, uh, he became interested in acting. 
and uh, made his premiere on stage in school. So in that regard, he's like me. He's different from me <laughs> in every other regard. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it as the words were like just about to leave your mouth. Yeah, uh, but unlike me, he was later successful. Um, <laughs> Hey man, this is touching real deep for me as well. <laughs> yeah, I believe me. I I was a theater minor. I am a theater minor, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so after he finished his education, he apprenticed as a cabinet maker while he continued uh, to study acting. He actually even continued to study acting once he uh, was in the field during uh, the Civil War. There was um, someone serving who was a retired actor who who gave him lessons occasionally uh, while he was in the army. I'm just picturing um, it like a little bit like Barry, but like, well, they're also trying to load, but with muskets, basically. Yeah. Which is not the Civil War. <laughs> theoretically, Powhatan was not like kind of a horrible person. And also. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. But actually, now that I look on it, the person who taught him acting was Henry Winkler. So oh, in that great. regard. He's a yeah. national treasure. And he was served on the North, the, the Union side of the Civil War. Who knew? There is nothing not to like about Henry Winkler. <laughs> Fought for the Union. Uh, just a nice all-around guy from all reports. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. a great ice cream uh, that he created. Wait, yeah. what? No, I know. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> well, I, most I forgot what the joke was for a second. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows Henry Winkler as the Fonz would constantly say, Hey, but they don't know that it was cut down from his original catchphrase, Hey, abolish slavery. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, uh, the war breaks out, uh, in 1860, spoiler, and so there's Confederate victories going on down in Kentucky in 1861, and between Kentucky and Cincinnati, there are no organized Union troops, so worries of a Confederate attack on Cincinnati begin to flare up, and so it's decided that they need to build fortifications around Cincinnati, and initially... Uh, black people are forced to serve in the effort to create fortifications at Bayonet Point, it says. Um, but uh, an officer named William Dixon is quickly appointed commanding officer of the uh, the black troops there. And the treatment improves dramatically. Uh, they're no longer forced. He promises to treat them fairly. And he even lets them go home to prep for service. And he lets 400 um, black uh at this point, volunteers go home, and when they return, there are 700. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so apparently Dixon was all right, and yeah. uh, and obviously I think there was some some initiative not to let the Confederacy invade Cincinnati as well. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure that's part of it, but also the idea of just like, hey, this is voluntary. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and he seemed, by the accounts that I saw, like a genuinely fair guy, so that's mm-hmm. good. Um, they were unarmed, but all they were doing was building fortifications at this point. So that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Uh, they worked for about two and a half weeks before disbanding because the threats of attacks began to recede. Like it seemed unlikely that the Confederacy was heading towards Ohio or Cincinnati. Um, and for the next two years, Ohio did not have any uh, black units helping with the war effort whatsoever. But by 1963... Massachusetts and a few other states were recruiting black troops. 1863? So, 1863. 
Did I say 19? Yeah. <laughs> well, they were they were doing it by then, too. Yeah, to no, I, I guess that's fair. <laughs> Just for a totally different war. <laughs> Sometime between 1861 and, and 1963, Massachusetts <laughs> did recruit black troops. I promise this is true. But 1863 was also a year where they did that. Uh, so um, Beattie uh, decides he's going to join up. Two days in, he's promoted to sergeant, probably because he's well-educated and and that sort of thing. Uh, Literate, which many black people at the time were not. Um, And ultimately, the Massachusetts Massachusetts is straight up too full. Like, they have too much militia to be able to take on anymore. So the governor of Ohio decides to form an African-American regiment. He asks for permission. He's granted and beady. And his 47 men that served under him are the first to join the Ohio uh, Black Regiment there in on June 17th, 1863. And they're bestowed the 5th United States Colored Troop. Mm. Yeah. Massachusetts being like the 54th, being like uh, the most famous. like Possibly. I, th- I think that sounds right. But yeah. uh, I don't have that written out in front of me. So I cannot do your mm. own research, listener, or Brian <laughs> right now. Um. So they're sent to Virginia in September of 63. And uh, they attack Confederate defenses at Newmarket Heights um, with a, a large with a few other battalions. Um, and they fail. Casualties are really high. Um, Beatty survives and actually returns to the battlefield, goes in 600 yards to retrieve the fallen color bearers flag and bring it back to the Union side of the fight. So he survives Jesus. 600 yards of gunfire to retrieve this flag. Jesus. Uh, which I wouldn't have done. Another <laughs> difference. <laughs> Another dissimilarity. Yeah, we were starting out very, 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 very remotely similar. Yeah, and then it got a little more goofus and gallant as, yeah. as time went on. Uh, of uh, Betty's company, which was Company G, there were 91 uh, people in that company. Eight officers, 83 enlisted. After the attack, only 16 enlisted men and zero officers survived. So Beatty is given command because all the officers are dead. So, hey, he's the sergeant. He's, uh, you know, he's he's going to pop up to leadership role. And he leads a second successful attack on, uh, on the defense at Newmarket Heights and loses only three more Company G mm-hmm. men in the progress. Jesus. In the process. So at the end of the day, over half of the full black regiment is either killed, wounded, or captured, but they are successful in defeating the Confederate defenses in Newmarket Heights, Virginia, hmm. uh, for which Beattie receives an on-the-field uh, commendation, and two years later in 65, receives the Medal of Honor. Uh, yeah, he's described in this commendation have, as having taken command and gallantly led his men. So he that, continu- that still would have been from Lincoln. Uh, Johnson had not would not have taken over by that point. I can't uh, picture Johnson have done. No, no, the commendation would have come from an officer on the field. Uh, but the Medal of Honor, I mean. Oh Sorry. yeah, that. Yes, I think that would have. Well, sixty-five. I don't have the exact date, so it could okay. have been Johnson. Lincoln died in sixty-five. Right. So. Uh, Two thirds chance it was Johnson because Lincoln died in April. Sorry, I um, just. 
for some reason, I'm asking you, like, all the questions that are probably not in your research. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take down the exact date he received the Medal of Honor, I'm, unfortunately. I'm not trying to grill you. <laughs> um, but during the course of the war, he continues to excel. Uh, there's a colonel named Giles Shirtliff. Okay, sure. Who uh, twice recommends him to become a commissioned officer. And uh, those requests are ignored, but obviously... Obviously, this colonel thought this guy was worthy of, like, full recognition of the United States military in terms of his, uh, his prowess on the field. So at the end of the, at the end of the war, he has survived a total of 13 battles and skirmishes. So after the war ends, he decides to raise his family back in Cincinnati. He's got a son, A. Lee Betty, who becomes an Ohio state legislator and the U.S. district attorney for Southern Ohio, which is pretty good for a black person in the 1800s. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure those are probably both like firsts. Meanwhile, uh, Beatty does a lot of charitable work. He works as a voice for the black community in Cincinnati, and he continues to pursue acting. He writes and directs and stars um, in a play Triple called... Threat. Yeah, but not in the Tommy Wiseau way. In... <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, he, he made the stage play version of The Room, or like, <laughs> like Fateful yeah. Findings. Yeah. So the play is called Del Mar, or Scenes from the Southland. It premieres in 1881. It's about uh, um, black citizens' transition from slavery to freedom in the South after the war. And it ran privately to high praise. Beatty never publicly promoted it and never ran it in a public uh, a public. Uh, theater house so but the reviews were apparently very positive Betty also works in this time as, as an assistant engineer in the Cincinnati Waterworks up through 1884 at least and that's when uh, a very prominent black actress of the time Henrietta Vinton Davis comes comes uh, comes through Cincinnati and the two of them work together they organize a drama festival for Cincinnati Beatty in that festival plays the role of Spartacus in The Gladiator and Macbeth in Macbeth with Davis as Lady Macbeth. Mm. And the whole festival is hugely praised. Beatty and Davis in particular are praised as like, like masterful performances, like full of energy and power, things like that. So it's successful enough that this festival moves on to DC, the two of them, Davis and Beatty together. And they add some more, uh, you know, more pieces. He plays Macbeth. He plays Henry VI, all opposite Davis. He also plays Ingomar in a play called Ingomar the Barbarian. <laughs> Which that, I don't, was that an original? Was that is that a? a I don't know if there's a relationship to Conan the Barbarian. Perhaps I I um, would be very surprised. <laughs> Just the black version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I have no idea. I wish I, retrospectively, I wish I had done more research into Ingomar the Barbarian and perhaps printed out a scene for us to dramatically read together. <laughs> On it. Uh, <laughs> they didn't want him to be Conan, so they're like, no, 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 you are Ingomar. You're a Medal of Honor, but please, hold on. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's only one Conan the Barbarian, and it's fucking Conan O'Brien. Um, I-N-O-G-M-A-R. Well, uh, well, I'm looking for that. Oh, I-N-G-O-M-A-R, I think. Um, but uh, during this festival in Washington, D.C., he actually performed for Frederick Douglass. Uh, 
at uh, Ford's Opera House on May 7th, 1884. So, uh, which is kind of considered the highlight of his entire career. Um, I don't believe that's the same as Ford's Theater, where Lincoln was shot. I think that they are, in fact, two separate uh, locations. Yeah, so they were founded by the same person. They were both founded by a man named John T. Ford. But Ford's Opera House and Ford's Theater are two separate ones. So he... He actually did not perform in the place where Lincoln was shot. It was a separate, uh, a separate location. Also, first thing that comes up when I Google Ingomar the Barbarian is the movie version that uh, D.W. Griffith, of all people, uh, made. In well, it 19- sounds... 19- Surely it isn't racist in that case. <laughs> yeah, right? Jesus. Uh, that'll be a bonus episode when we uh, do a dramatic reading of all five fucking acts <laughs> of Ingomar the Barbarian. Okay. So, regardless, it uh, tours beyond that. Uh, Initially, when they uh, perform at Ford's Opera House, right? There's heckling from, you guessed it, white people. Mm. Um, But according to accounts of the performance, ultimately the power of the show and the performances eventually wins over everyone and, and, you know, eases everyone into silence pretty early in the show. Like, he you know, overcomes the heckling by being good at what he does. Another key difference between him and me. <laughs> the the performance uh, tours, uh, including to Philadelphia, again with Davis, uh, playing opposite him in almost every role. Uh, after the tour is over, he returns to Cincinnati. He forms the uh, Cincinnati Literary and Dramatic Club in 1888 and serves as the drama director. And eventually dies at the age of 79 on December 6th, 1916, in his beloved Cincinnati, Ohio. And that... Sin City. Yeah, Sin City. Uh The original Sin City before the new Sin City uh, (laughs) popped up. And that is the story of Powhatan and Beatty. The true account, at least. Sorry, how are you pronouncing his first name? Because... That seems right to me, because you say it with such confidence. <laughs> Powhatan Beatty. I don't know if Powhatan. that's right. Okay. Okay. Powhatan uh, listeners, write in if you have a clue uh, how to pronounce it. Uh, our phone lines are open. But, Zach, thank you. Sure. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Jenny, whenever you're ready. Yes, uh, so Powhatan Beatty. Um, it's actually, um, I did a lot of research about this. Uh, like you said earlier, uh, written by the man, and as we know, the man, uh, the government, they lie. So I found, <laughs> I went deep into research and I found a lot of uh, um, things that weren't shared, but obviously, you know, uh, Paul and um, Beatty. Quick update. According to this video on uh, YouTube that says, uh, that's how to pronounce the name of the tribe, it's Powhatan. Powhatan. Powhatan, yes. Cool. Uh, and as we, uh, I'm sure we know, but Poetin means uh, people of Virginia, uh, which is uh, which is it's actually means uh, 
great actor. That's what he told people. <laughs> and his last name is actually Beauty. It goes by Beauty because uh, mm-hmm. black and brown is beautiful and we all know that. But for consistency, we'll uh, we'll go with uh, Beatty, Beatty. What, what, what do we say? Beatty, I think. Beatty? Beatty. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like Warren Beatty, who is a beauty uh, or was a beauty. Uh, haven't seen him lately. Yeah, that's how he would introduce himself, actually. He would go, Pot and Beauty. And then people would laugh. He's like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm beady. I'm, I'm just fucking beady. Yeah. I'm charming as hell. Yeah, yeah. I'm an actor. I'm annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had to give himself a stage name for, yeah. for his intro class at one point. <laughs> so, yeah, like we were talking about, an uh, African-American soldier, uh, an actor that later became an actor. But um, we weren't really uh, sure on how he was freed um, mm-hmm. as a slave. Um, I found that, actually. he, The reason, since he's an actor, if you... Once an actor, always an actor. And the reason why he was freed was because, uh, like most theater kids do, he sang too many musicals. And they just said, get out. We don't want you here anymore. Uh, Please leave. And he said, yo, that's dope. I would love to leave. Uh, (laughs) Oh, shit. We shouldn't have threatened him with that. That's really counterintuitive. He's like, I can't believe that worked. So he... he, um, It was worth memorizing all of Cats. Yeah. (laughs) A play that doesn't exist yet. Yeah, he really annoyed everyone with Hamilton. They're like, we we don't... Yeah, Hamilton was much, actually, much more uh, close to... time fuck words <laughs> but yeah you know but cats are great too yeah. uh, <laughs> the play and uh the creature itself mm, cats are timeless <laughs> cats mm-hmm. are timeless as history would tell us uh, uh look out for the cats movie coming out i think <laughs> next year or is that this year i don't know at some point oh there is one coming yeah out. they're doing like yeah. a fucking cats the musical the movie is it cgi or i think I, it's like so here's what's here's what the deal is it's live action and like various Pretty famous people are playing certain parts. I know Idris Elba's in it. Oh, but perfect. But they're going to be at a perspective where they look like they are cat-sized. So it's like fucking, like, the hobbits. Like, four But smaller, because no, cats are smaller. Well, yeah, no, no I'm shit. not like, shitting you. That is you what they are doing. <laughs> oh, that is going to be a Oh, I can't wait for the right? trailer to come out oh, and everyone just God. shit on it, like, when Sonic or... <laughs> oh, my... If they have, like... That Sonic just like photoshopped <laughs> into one. <laughs> that would be amazing. And weirdly, even though it is a musical, they're still going to use Gangster's Paradise for the trailer song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I um. Not to, speaking of Sonic, though, real quick, <laughs> yeah, well, we need to touch I've on seen the subject. So many photoshopped pictures of the new movie Sonic. Where people have just like photoshopped breasts on the Sonic, <laughs> and it's the most upsetting thing I have seen on the internet in a very long time. I can't. It's I, I hate. I like, hate that, that I've also was so seen upsetting this. Upsetting already, and then they gave it gave Sonic like a, a set of breasts. Yeah, like, they, why, why they like made Sonic thick and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I've also seen that. Uh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you are disturbed by sensitive imagery related to Sonic, just never Google Sonic because yeah, never go to every DeviantArt. image search, yeah, that DeviantArt sub form is, whoo, that one's a trip. <laughs> yeah, that is something else. I think there is a thing you can do where if you type in Sonic and your birthday and like DeviantArt, there's like images that people have drawn and and it's uh, some are really cool and then some are also like, Yo, why does the Sonic have three breasts? <laughs> like, yeah. Why is Sonic the lady from Total Recall? <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Why is Sonic having a baby with Shrek? That's yeah, you're like, and why is oh, it related Shrek. to my birthday? I don't like this. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, sorry, <laughs> Brian, I'm while doing, you're doing, <laughs> I'm doing the thing while you're talking. No, no, please do. I am excited to see uh, the. Oh God, I'm already seeing images on your phone, and I don't. You're, you know what? We need to talk about your internet. You need to fix this. Well, my, uh, <laughs> we record in my office, which is the router is in the main room. Uh, so, and I do love that you have an office in Denver when rent is this high. Yeah, well, me and my wife, so I'm like, our uh, our apartment's not that expensive mm. yet. Uh, they're gonna it's, up it's it. coming. It's coming. They're doing landscaping outside. It's coming. yeah. They just changed owners. So anyway, yeah. This is not. It's, oh wait, damn it! It's loading. Oh, it's Nurse Sonic. There we go. Is uh, your Nurse Sonic on lined paper uh, done in what looks like a no, I was going to say colored pencil, but it's definitely a uh, Crayola brand marker um, with some big pen. Wow, she's cute. Yeah. I. Or, yeah. Whoever's wearing, I mean, non-binary person wearing a nurse outfit as Sonic. Kind of chunky heels for a nurse outfit. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to wear non-slip shoes. Well, those have a lot. Those are padding, really. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, oh, it's wearing garters. Okay. <laughs> The other thing you're going to want to do, guys, if you're into looking up Sonic art, is write your name, the Hedgehog, into Google Image Search. And yes, uh, that's done that. uh, yes, that's yeah. terrifying. Um, this is, we, don't, we don't need to track me Googling all the horrible Sonic <laughs> things. <laughs> that's, that's the last that's thing. That's for our other podcast. Yeah. Just a quick aside, Zach the Hedgehog is age 18. <laughs> He's calm, strategic, loyal, born leader, and brave. So, again, not very similar to me. <laughs> and his alignment is good. So there you go. Oh, shit, it gives you all the fucking D&D shit. And also 18, so I guess cool. <laughs> yeah. You could vote. Oh, I thought you were going to say there's grass on the field, but sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway. Uh, sorry. Yeah. No, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Powhatan Powhatan Beatty. Um, Difficult name to pronounce. Um, Also historically used as a theater acting warm-up. You know, like red leather, yellow leather, unique unique New York, unique (laughs) New York, and Powhatan Beatty, Powhatan Beatty, Powhatan Beatty uh, to really get the vocalization going and your uh, mouth stretched, which was actually famously used before every episode of the Drew Carey show. <laughs> Which, as we all know, is a show based in Ohio. So, uh, that's, <laughs> oh yeah, um, Are, is there another? I do. <laughs> I, I do remember walking around my house as a child, screaming "Cleveland rocks, Cleveland." Yeah, rocks. I remember that beat because they changed the. I re- don't know why I remember so much about the Drew Carey show, but oh, they right. changed the theme song like three fucking times. I remember they? when they got to like Cleveland rocks. I was just like, mm. I was old enough to be like. <laughs> Does it though? <laughs> I, I I believed it. I was a very big Whose Line Is It Anyway fan and Drew Carey Show fan, uh, and uh, I'm uh, man. I've, that's the first time I've said that out loud. So that's well, a great realization. Uh, if it helps, uh, Third Rock from the Sun, Clarissa explains it all, and Family Ties were all set in Ohio. Oh. <laughs> We might okay. I Your think, internet is much better than mine yeah. in this situation. Those were all great shows. There might be 
the, I think the next few shows to come out need to be based out in Ohio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I also. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I also oh, yeah. skipped also, a few, you know. shows. <laughs> Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> that is a great oh, show. I don't care what people say. Quarter Six Men's at all is pretty good. Yeah. Of course, WKRP in Cincinnati, which I think oh, starred, yeah. uh, did that star Phil Hartman or something? I think so. There you go. And so we can really uh, attribute all that success to Powhatan Beatty. Yeah. Or uh, beauty, as some, as he would say to new people. Um, <laughs> uh, he, you know, like uh, Zach was saying, he was a cabinet maker, uh, but also we need to realize that he was a great speaker. And um, so Carpenter, great speaker. His stage name was the Messiah. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that that's really how... Um, People were jealous of his success as an actor sure. um, and his success as a soldier. So uh, people began to do smear campaigns. Um, they were saying, you know, it, is he having an affair with Davis? Um, and they're like, they, because they really developed a, a star is born type relationship. And everyone was like, oh, shit, are they fucking? And, <laughs> and they're like, no, no, they're really just really good friends. Um, you know, Lincoln died in 65 uh, from an actor. Uh, John Wilkes Booth, um, and they really tried to cause of death. Also from a bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause of death was actor. In fact, yeah. listed on the. He acted in him in front of him, and Lincoln was like, "Oh shit," and had a stroke. But yeah, no like one it, talks it'd about be that. Way different if John Wilkes Booth walked into the walked into the fucking balcony and started playing Zip Zap Zop. <laughs> He zip zap zopped him right off the balcony <laughs> ledge, <laughs> and, um, and no, but uh, they really tried to emphasize that John Wilkes Booth was an actor because they're like actors are evil, which is true. Mm-hmm. But um, in fact, John Wilkes Booth wasn't even an actor. He he uh, worked at the local Jiffy Lube. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like moving up horses. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, he yeah. Jiffy yeah, was like, the name of the horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So he, um, so people were jealous of him. Um, he got, you know, his Medal of Honor in '65 uh, as well. Um, he, he was, uh, he was reluctant to join the military. He, you know, he wasn't very um, athletic as most actors, theater kids are. He he would be he was famously known for holding his gun backwards, um, and uh, holding it upside down mm-hmm. um, to a certain extent where he um, accidentally shot one of the officers. Uh, that's why he was able to uh, take over because he accidentally shot. He was behind all the officers and shot them on accident. Uh, oh, okay, and he felt so guilty. And because of his acting abilities, he's like, you know, I'm just going to act like I didn't do this. <laughs> and I will yeah, act like... Yeah, fucking yes and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so they're like, are you the new officer now? And he was like, yes, and I am pretty good at it too. And, <laughs> and everyone agreed because of his uh, great acting and improv skills. Um, he, he was... Uh, he, <laughs> He, uh, you know, inspired a lot of uh, different um, shows at the time. You know, he was, uh, he did Shakespeare in uh, Washington, D.C. with, uh, and he was famously known for um, putting in his own, uh, like, script, his own 
pieces inside of it. Uh, okay. So yeah, and he wanted to play all the characters, you know, like most uh, actors, and sure, they, they he wanted to be the star. Mm-hmm. He really, and he would wear his medal of honor on stage. Uh, just to, just to remind everyone. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he uh, and he really was uh, he really was great at uh, acting more than being a soldier. He really was. People praise him for being such a great soldier, but uh, in fact, he uh, he. That's why he survived. He just let everyone go ahead, and he stayed in the back. Um, I mean, that is a great strategy for surviving a war, <laughs> <yeah>. honestly. <laughs> just, like, kind of hang out near the back. Yeah. He um, was later, uh, you know, he ended up dying in Cincinnati, um, where, where kind of in Ohio. Um, but they, they... Hot in Cleveland. Hot in Cleveland? Yeah, that was like a show on Oxygen. Sorry, I, it was just another show set in Ohio. I mean, Hot you could in just, Cleveland. Just go. You could just Google shows set in Ohio. I skipped a ton because there was like <laughs> twenty listed. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, still Hot in Cleveland, starring Betty White. Um, well, oh, are we not gonna acknowledge the similarities here? Betty, his last name Betty. Mm-hmm. Houghton, Poe Houghton. There's Whoa. something. There's something going on here. I think is hot in Cleveland based on the life of. I've Bun never seen Bitty? it. It might be. This is just another example of the man trying to erase black kind of, history. Kind of like Cougar Town is <laughs> uh, about the life story of John Cougar Bell in camp. Why did Betty White not get heat for portraying Poet and Beatty? <laughs> this is some egregious whitewashing. Yeah, this is before this is this all that happened before like Twitter. Most. Yeah, this, this all happened before Twitter, so people really couldn't uh, run with it. Is it like grandparent rules where when your grandparents do something kind of racist, you're like they're too close to death to change this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna yell at her because her her lasagna is good. I, <laughs> I don't want her to like hate me. I need the rest. I don't want to delve into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they uh, they built a they built a, a statue of him, um, and uh, was later it was later bought by Drew Carey. Mm-hmm. Um, because for inspiring the show and for being right. such a a great inspiration for every pre-show. Did he also invent like what Buzz Beer was that? I watched <laughs> so I do, I should pretend I don't know because I know what? the Drew Carey show really well. <laughs> Buzz Beer is was that a beer on the show? Yeah, that was like the the fucking micro brew Drew Carey did in his backyard. That was like coffee and beer. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. I yeah. only remember the the episode really where he uh, broke his dick trying to when he was going to have sex and he tripped and he fell on it. I do not remember that one. Uh, maybe I'm making it up, but <laughs> <laughs> but I do, it I do seems love like a show. very strange episode to have on network TV <laughs> in the nineties. Hey, as a child, I was like, "Hey, this is revolutionary." <laughs> <laughs> these are the stories that like speak to me as a, as a youth yeah i was like i'm gonna make sure i never do that yeah. forget uh, about seinfeld's the contest the episode where drew carey broke his dick <laughs> truly the high point of 90s television i mean without that would we have it's always sunny in philadelphia now <laughs> yeah i've seen i've seen interviews with glenn howerton he's like truly the inspiration for this show <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, it, and it all falls back to Paul Hot and Beatty. Really, course. this is uh, 
he uh, really sparked um, this continuous line of success, uh, successful uh, acting and TV shows. He, um, he, he, how many kids did he have? Did it say how many kids he had in your research? Uh, I only saw a reference to the one, uh, Ailey uh, mm. Beatty. Yes. Um, in fact, actually, he um, had upwards to 17, 16 kids. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, uh, because as and in his travels, he was um, uh, donating sperm all throughout the country. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they weren't, I mean, he, was, he did it in a uh, modest way because okay. he was a good man. Uh, <laughs> but he needed to make money because most uh, actors are poor. Right, uh, of like, course. Like myself. Um, <laughs> but really, that's that's. I mean, that's all. Oh, we got right. here for Pohan Beatty for the alternate history. I mean, everything else that I would say, I just don't want to um, taint really his uh, his uh, his right. incredible name. Um, sure. Other than suggesting he kind of hung out in the back and battled. <laughs> yeah. Other and, than and that, he- and held his gun upside down. Yeah. But you know, that's actors aren't the most. Uh, well-rounded people and, and, and the <laughs> athletic department. Um, Daddy, thank so, you. Yeah. Uh, just for reference, uh, he apparently had several children, but only three lived to adulthood. Albert Lee Beatty, who is the one I talked about, Powhatan Beatty Jr., and John Beatty. Mm, dang. So <laughs> what was the first one? Uh, uh, Albert Lee Beatty, who is so, the DA and, and state legislator. So you had Al and John, and then he was like, you know what, I'm... <laughs> There's got to be a junior poet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, before we move on, listeners, I uh, just want to say you can always write us a letter, ask us a question, leave us a comment, uh, reach out and touch us at revisionistpodcast.com. <laughs> Please don't actually touch us. Um, that robs us of our power. And on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, just search for Revisionist Podcast. And we're also a proud member of the Denver Podcast Network. Uh, along with such shows as Motherfucker in a Cape, uh, which is a great show hosted by R. Allen Brooks, um, which discusses uh, geek culture through the lens of marginalized people. Uh, it's really great. You can also check out his uh, graphic novel, uh, The Burning Metronome. It's an ongoing series. It's really great. Uh, check that out. Uh, Danny, you are an actor, as we've maybe touched on. Uh, and you're... Uh, the player in opens the day after this drops. Oh, great. Yeah. So, uh, Mosque, this play about a, a Muslim American family that deals with prejudice in post 9-11 New York, uh, while the mosque, uh, that was such a big part of, uh, the news for a while is mm-hmm. being built. Um, it's a great play written by Jihad Mahelm, uh, a guy who lives here now, um, it opens Sunday, May 19th, and it runs for about three weeks. You can get tickets for it on uh, com and uh, support local theater, yeah. Tight. Um, as for me, uh, Queen City Companion, again, the all-fall storytelling show. I uh, co-host with friend of the show, uh, Jen Colick. Um, very, like, one of the best friends of the show uh, in that we are married. Um, uh, that will be June 6th will be the next one the first Thursday of every month 8pm at Mutiny Information Cafe uh, and you can also check out the podcast version uh, just look for Mutiny Transmissions 
uh, where you'll find Queen City Companion, uh, Mutiny Book Club, and other great shows in podcast form. Uh, so check that out. And uh, it's probably too far in advance to plug that. So um, that brings us to Judgment, um, which I am honestly torn. Mo- this is one of the more competitive <laughs> ones in this section of episodes um mainly because normally very inclined to go with the true history um but there was a lot that i enjoyed about the alternate history but there was also the stuff about him hiding out in the back of battles (laughs) so the truth hurts really I, I, (laughs) i am torn um but he did he accomplished so much uh, that my vote uh, is still going to go to the actual history. But listeners, as you hear this, voting is now open. Uh, so have your say. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. Um, I dare you. I don't know why that got. <laughs> He's real holding a gun. I don't. I don't feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I would not feel safe if I had a gun. Um, but, Danny, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Zach, thank you as always. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for everyone here at The Revisionists, I'm Brian Flynn. Remembering my own name. <laughs> uh, I'm Zach... Pa- I'm Zach... <laughs> <laughs> Age 18, alignment good. <laughs> um, I did look up my hedgehog, Brian the Hedgehog. Uh, has a... Is, 17 to 18 was the age. <laughs> so I don't know why. I don't know why they could have given a precise age range. 17 to 18. Uh, <laughs> bit of a prank. Zach's birthday unknown, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a good time. 